Jason, as it is each and every week, the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to you by Budget Blinds. Budget Blinds! Of Lee Summit. Hey, tips. They give us tips. Tips for you and your home. We've said this one once, but it's worth repeating, Jason. I'm going to know for the record, I really am grateful they give us stuff to talk about because when we try to make it up on our own, it never goes well. At least not for radio. <laughs> Look, there's a whole lot that doesn't go well for us, but here's your tip. When layering your window treatments, think about it just like you layer your clothes. It's going to add a whole new look to your house, Jason. Is it going to give me the same look when I layer my clothes, which is like extra pudgy? Or is it going to be like classier than that? I, I think classy and. Oh, so you're assuming for. that someone with taste would actually do the layering. Yes. Unlike yes. me, uh, who's going to wear like a t-shirt and a sweatshirt and a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when doing your window treatments. Don't be like Jason. Don't be like Jason. Be like the great people at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit and think about layering. Layer them every way. Our good friends at Budget Blinds, not only are they excellent at their jobs, but they're pretty good eggs. Great people. Go see him right in the heart of Lee Summit in downtown Lee Summit. Budget blinds. Tell him Jason and Nick sent you. Hello again and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury and as always I'm joined by a man who has already made something like a dozen calls to Kauffman Stadium offering up his elbow ligament for salvi. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lisa. You know, actually, that's a hard choice for me because I, I, I would. I, I'd give up my ligament for him. However, I may be 43. I may be wildly out of shape, but you know, there's still hope. They could still need me. They, they could, could still, still give me the call, and they need me to tow the rubber, to climb the hill, to pitch for the Kansas City Royals. Nick, I have watched you since you have busted your arm not be able to like lift your arm over your head or like pick up a can of beer or anything else. I don't think they're going to be calling you anytime soon, man. <laughs> Look, there's still hope. There's still a chance. The dream never dies, Jason. And never the dream never dies. Never dies. Link to Lee Summit is the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. And our unofficial sponsor today is that unique stress when you feel you feel when you see something so terribly, terribly wrong on social media, but you force yourself not to respond. Good on you, Jason. It's hard, man. It's like choking down a really dry hamburger or something. It's the worst. It's the worst. And all it does, I'm going to say this, our other unofficial sponsor is the end result of that, which is brown liquor. <laughs> couple quick notes. Emerald Isle Parade this weekend, Saturday, downtown Lee Summit, starts at noon. Does it noon? It's an excellent, it's one of our biggest events downtown, very, very popular, all kinds of good stuff goes on, and for those of you of legal drinking age, following the Emerald Isle Parade, which is sponsored by downtown Lee Summit Main Street, is the pub crawl, our St. Patrick's Day pub crawl. We have every year that follows that. A great deal of shenanigans will be had, and I, I believe I'm officially too old to crawl. Are you? I think so. I, it's not so much the the pub part, it's the crawl part. Like, I really just want to pick a pub and go sit there and, like, drink. 
and have beers or, or drinks or whatever that is. I don't, I don't want to crawl. I don't want to, and it's like amateur day, you know, and I don't know, I, I don't know I'd call it amateur day, but I, I'm with you. I'm at a point now in my life. I don't want to try to hit as many as I can. I want, I want a nice place. I want, I want my location. I want a place where I'm going to park it. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to have my friends. I'm going to have my drinks. And that's all I need. That's all I need. That's I, don't, I, need. However, I don't need to do it. However, if you're still at an age or a point in your life when you want to crawl, this is a darn good crawl. This is an excellent crawl. I have had crawl. many, you and I have had many good times together during this crawl. Shenanigans so, were created. Shenanigans were had by one and all. It's a great time. Bring the family for the parade. Pawn the kids off on their grandparents and stick around for the pub crawl. It's a good time. That is an excellent idea. Hey. Now on to to things that are really more in our lane, Jason, which is just helping people get involved and let them know. Next school board meeting is coming up. It's next week, Thursday, March 14th. This is the last chance for a public school board meeting before the election, before the board of I just lost it. The school board, I think, is the word you're looking for. For the school board election in April. It's always good to, to know what's going on, to to make your voice heard on the issues. We're going to talk a little bit about the issues in this in this election coming up, up later. So this is your last chance just to, to go see that and, and, and to be there before the election happens. Yeah, and, you know, we're, we're working towards the uh, the elections on the school board ourselves. We've got stuff um, that we're putting away, and we'll, we'll get back into that a little bit more as we go along. All right, the other big ongoing thing here in the city is the strategic plan. They last week we had the two public uh, public conversations. I believe Nick, you got to go to one. I did. I did. It was it was interesting. I it was a little interesting for me because I used to be on the other side. I was with with the uh, for a while. I was with the consulting teams that cities would would hire to do it. So um, it w- was interesting. It was nice to see a turnout. There were there were people our age, Jason, the middle aged weirdos. There were. <laughs> There were there were some of the, the the older guard in town, and then there were even some some younger than us that that came out. So there was a pretty good cross section of people around the city that came. I went to the the morning one at John Knox Village, and and great conversations at each of the the four stations that you rotated around to, all about really what we'd like to see ourselves become over the next five, ten, twenty years. And, and what we think now, right now, what we think some of the, the big issues and, and, and things facing the community are. That's right. And and if so you may have missed those two meetings or if you didn't have a chance to go, like you were buried under, say, work and family obligations like yours truly, you can go to lsignite.net um, and join the conversation that's going on online. Your input will be taken in. Uh, you know, and and plugged into the whole process and and made out as part of that strategic plan. And I think it's important to say that this is not an either or thing. If you did go to one of those conversations, no, we don't hear from you anymore. Okay, log no. on, make your voice heard again. I think I think as many times as you can make yourself a part of the process, the better. Right, and and you know, you and I are a little lucky because we're on commissions. You know, you're on the arts commission, I'm on the planning commission. We get a lot of voice in these things that go forward, especially in those particular lanes. Um, and so sometimes I feel actually a little reticent, but I want more other people to give that input because we already get a lot of input on the front end. Heck, we, you know, sometimes we have the uh, uh, accidental fortune to impact some of the conversation that's going on in the community from this little silly podcast we do. But everybody should go in, put that information in, have that conversation online. Um, and, and if there's any more public inputs, I'm certain that we will know 
and we will tell you, and you'll have a chance to go. You know, I went into that conversation thinking the exact same thought that you know maybe I should I should pull back a little bit, and I should should try not to you know be the loud guy with the microphone that I get to be every week. I don't know how successful I was, but I tried. I know I'm really bad at that, and so it's a real it takes a real effort to you know like shut up every now and again and not <laughs> not bully my my opinion in on all things. for the most part i was not successful at one table but for the most part i was able to sit uh with with mostly people i didn't already know so that was nice i met i met some good people and and like i said i think at, at every table there was good conversation everybody participated i don't really think i saw anyone that just sat there um so so that's always good it's it, it's good to see people not only show up but show up and take part in those conversations. So that was a good thing. All right. So now we're going to get to our, uh, as we are uh, speaking, uh, the city council meeting for the evening of Tuesday has ended. Um, we don't know the actual full results yet because we haven't looked at them, but we are assuming the big issue on the docket tonight, new contracts for all three of our representative groups, the unions. Jason, for those that stick with the city government and the processes, this is this is a big deal. So just one year ago, we were at a point where this was the hottest topic in town. According to one city council, it was a crisis. Right. So this was this was we were we were debating these things from the dais, which may or may not have been totally legal. It certainly was bad, but it was certainly it. Yeah, the, the optics from from for an outsider were not good, and and the conversation that that we as a community were having was not impactful or efficient or helpful. And one thing, and and you've noticed that you've noted this in in previous conversations on the show, Jason, is that it got better because we in the public stopped really hearing about it during these past. 8, 10, 12 months. Right. There was a little bit of hyperbole thrown around in certain circles on social media, but nothing really that got into the, I think, into the, the zeitgeist, as it were, you know, into the big public conversation. It didn't dominate what we were talking about. It wasn't, a th- it, it never reappeared except as a reporting issue about, hey, we're talking about these things and there's going to be these budget impacts and, and stuff like that, little bits and pieces throughout the course of the year. Uh, and then here we are. You know, uh, not even a full year after the election, and we have a deal, a series of deals uh, on that, and and I think that that's that shows you when the process is good, when the process is you know both sides of the table having real live, and they can be tense and they can be contentious, and, and that's okay, right? And that's all fine. And a matter of fact, it, it's supposed to be right. I mean, as a as a lawyer, you know, back those are. There are times when you are just going to be disagreeable with someone. You're going to have a f- steadfast disagreement that you can't broach and you can't get across and make it work. And that's all right. But that's that's because that. But those are professionals doing that job to try to find a deal that works. So even if it's a little contentious, even if it's a little tense, it's done in an environment that that handles that and messes that and not just thrown out into the public comments or the council comments and and inflammatory stuff that have been chucked about. And I'm going to give credit to our mayor and our new city council for not letting that get out into the public commentary like that, um, where there, there was enough information that they could see that the progress was happening, but no more than that, and there wasn't any 
inflammatory or, or hyperbolic stuff. I want to go a step farther, actually, in your your um, compliment to the mayor and this council body in that not only did they not take it out there, but they didn't allow themselves to get drawn there. Because there was a time within the last few months where, where there was – a little bit of an uproar again in the in the social media and the public conversation that started to feel like it did last year, last spring. And I think I think this current body and the mayor did a good job of not letting it get drugged back out into the same space and place that it was last year. So credit to where credit is due. Good job on the council and the mayor to get that done. Now, Jason, I am not by any means a financial expert and and I obviously have not read all of the language. But just from a, 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 a brief run-through look at it and a few conversations with, with, with some people, it sounds like this is a pretty pretty good deal for all the parties. I think I think a lot of the things that they were asking for at the top of the, the top of their checklists were, were met by the city. So I think the you know the, the, the really the big next question of, of well, where do we go from here, I think, Jason, is is that we look and see how is this going to impact the city's budget when we get into to budget mode, which which is really just a few months away. Which actually isn't. I think it's already started. Um, so just to give people an idea, in the ordinances that were up for approval this evening, there's something on the order, uh, just a shade under $2.5 million to be appropriated for basically this budget for 2019 uh, fiscal year. So that's a big, pretty big impact. Um, my first look at it, um, I looked at the police contract in comparison to the starting wages as published um, by the city a couple of, from 2017. It looks like about a 15% increase for new officers. And so I'm assuming there's some adjustments all up and down the scale. Um, so it's a pretty significant impact on that. So it will be interesting to see in the 2020 fiscal year as we work through the, the, the coming budget, because I think the city kind of had money put away, for lack of a better way to put it, right? Um, for this particular, they knew this was coming and they kind of planned for it, but how that's going to impact the budget going forward and if that's going to have an impact on city services, the need for city revenue, all those things that we we talked about a year ago, but never really had a conversation at the dais, we'll be interested to see how the budget process goes and absorbs those numbers in and sees how that goes forward. So we look forward, hopefully they'll handle it with the professional aplomb that they did the negotiation process. Um, and it won't be a huge issue, but it, you know, two and a half million dollars is a not trivial sum of money in a city budget. Um, and, and you know, it, it's going to have an impact somewhere unless there's an increase in revenue to kind of match up to it. Right. And I think one last thing I want to touch on from, from the council meeting that just ended on Tuesday night is kind of a neat thing, Jason. We've had uh, we've had this group on as a guest early on, I think, when, when we first started the show, Mayor Baird and the, the Meals on Wheels program. There was a proclamation done during the meeting. Mayor Baird has proclaimed this March for Meals Month, supporting the local Meals for Wheels organization. Right. And so I think we get to take full credit for that. As a podcast who had them on as a guest um, almost two years ago, because they, they were one of our earlier guests, if I remember our fumbling capacity to try to deal with technology. Your ability time. to try to grab credit knows no bounds. I will take credit wherever I can get it. That's what we're going to deal with right there, right? Um, so, But I think we get to take credit for the success of the Meals on Wheels and this right. whole proclamation from the mayor. We're good. We did it. You're welcome. You are welcome, Lee Summit. I can't. I, I, I just, yeah. I, I. 
Wow. Even for me. That's that's a lot. That was a lot for you. <laughs> I'm glad I found your line right there. That's it. That was my that was my now, line. Credit to the Meals on Wheels people. They do a lot of good work uh, in the community, and they work really hard to, to take care of uh, some people who really need a little. And bit I've help. even heard a rumor that Mayor Baird is going to help deliver some meals this month. Now, see, now I want to sign up so the mayor will bring me lunch. Oh, I thought you meant you wanted to sign up to help. Like you were inspired by the mayor. Now, I just sat here like less than a minute ago and tried to take full credit for the Meals on Wheels program. And and you thought somehow I was going to have some charitable impulse on the backside <laughs> of that. I think you misread the situation, Mr. Parker. Yeah. You should try again. That happens. That happens sometimes. But let's switch gears now, Jason. We teased this a little bit. The school board election is coming up. We're just about exactly a month away a month away from it. So I'm curious, Jason. We're you and I are now starting to 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 record our interviews with each of the school board candidates. Those will be up. They've been answering a questionnaire that we sent out to each of them. That'll be posted on the Leech Lee Summit site soon, as soon as we get all of them. I'm curious, Jason. Not only for you, but I I'm curious what others around the community think. As we get ready for this election, what's on your mind? What are the th- what are the issues and the questions on your mind right now as we start looking at eight candidates for two seats? Right. I think they're the biggest stuff, and and you'll hear this in our in our interviews uh, is you know how how are people going to approach the execution of the equity plan? Right. They passed the plan. There's been all the conversation about having an equity plan through the community and through with the school board and the superintendent since Dr. Carpenter was brought on board. Now there's a plan. It's very skeletal. It's not, you know, it doesn't have a ton of detail on how to get there. It's a lot of generalities and some big, big sort of broad high altitude stuff. But how are we going to, you know, what, what does that look like and what's the school board's role and how does the school board see its role in that is a question that I want to see. Um, but yeah, I think we're I think we're at a point now where we are as a community, maybe and maybe even just uh, if you want to go smaller, maybe even the school board itself is at a point now where we are maybe looking. Redefining is not the word, but but I think figuring out what that role is going to be. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and, and I will say this. This may be the most closely scrutinized and questioned school board election we've had. I mean, so. If you think about this year, you know, in addition to the traditional uh, chamber forum that people have an opportunity to interact with, Foundations for Our Future um, conducted interviews of all the candidates. They've put out their endorsements, but they've also made public their interviews and their questionnaires. Um, Betsy Cochran, who we've had on the show, is doing interviews with members of them as well. And I'll say that the the interviews with that foundations group are really thorough, and the way they've they've made them is you can go and watch the entire interview for every candidate, or if you just want to go and watch, I want to see what everybody said to this question. You can click on just that one question for each candidate and and go watch. So it's it's really interesting how they approached it this time. Right. But I think that the the beautiful part of it and the really cool part is that we have all of these different, you know, people and agencies out here in in the community who have different interests and different focuses and different ideas and they're all getting an opportunity to ask questions, including us and our you know, unique and quirky way that we go about things, but that's ask a, questions. That's a, that's, a, that's a very nice way of saying 
two loud dummies with microphones. Well, yeah, but that's the whole purpose of podcasting is to give two loud dummies with microphones something something to do. But so, but I think that that so you have an opportunity as a member of the voting public to really get a good feel for the differences um, between the candidates to hear all these different perspectives in the questions that are asked so that you maybe will find something in all of that information. So I think this is an opportunity to have one of the most well-informed elections for school board that we've had in, well, in my memory anyway, as a whole. We had a lot of interest last year on the heels of, or two years ago, on the heels of Dr. McGahee's resignation and all the bits and pieces that were going through that whole process but now that we're sitting here, you know, this is really, you know, it's an important time, but and, and an interesting potential for a lot of transition and change in the district. But it's not as, you know, it, it's not as heated in, in terms of a personnel decision. However, that being said, one of the questions I think that we haven't asked and, and it's just kind of lurking around out there. And I'm going to raise it here and put it out there in my in our call to get people to give opinion and like what do they want to hear about, what are they looking for in this election, what issues are important to them, is my understanding of the way that Dr. Carpenter's contract worked is that there, there should have been some sort of a decision made on the extending of his contract in February. And we haven't heard anything. Now, I've heard unofficial rumblings and I'm not going to repeat those here because Nick makes me adhere to at least a couple of journalistic standards oh, just very very minor ones very minor ones but they're out there and this is where we have to get into it we can't just put we can't just say unfounded rumor stuff on the internet but the question is is what is his contract status and it, is this election going to have an impact on what that is going forward and it's a question nobody's really asking explicitly. It's kind of a hard thing to deal with because a, all the HR stuff happens in closed meetings and behind, you know, doors right. as it should. But it's out there, and and it kind of is the, it's like a sum up question about all of this stuff about you know the the tensions that we we talked about this in our, uh, in our live feed with John Bedoin. You know, John had some pretty opinions about how how this stuff is all this equity stuff has caused a lot of anxiety. And uh, he used, I think, some terms that I wouldn't go to on there in terms of how how hot button it is. But that's the I think the key question is that a lot of this is focused on Dr. Carpenter himself. And his future, his employment status with the district is something that's important. Well, and I think I think my question, and I've tried to ask people as I, I move around town, and, and, and I'm trying to gauge, is that all this election of, is about? Is this only about Dr. Carpenter and this mission of equity and the various conversations around the mission of equity? And, and, and Jason, we can go on about about what conversations we're having and what conversations we should have. And, and, and I'm being vague, kind of being facetious when I say that. But are there are there other things on people's mind that maybe we're missing because the louder chatter is about these two things? Are there other, other issues in our school district that are important? And that's interesting. And it raises to me that, you know, last year when we had the city council elections, everybody, the, all the loud chatter was about – the represented groups and the raises for the employees um, and the various things. And there was all, that dominated our conversations. It dominated city council, it made city council meetings very difficult to get through, honestly. Um, 
And yet at the end, uh, at, you know, with not to oversimplify, but it basically was a 50-50 split right. on candidates who kind of fell in line with the those who were concerned that it was a crisis that needed to be dealt with immediately and those who were not on that side in the overall scheme of things. So you can't really – couldn't even really draw – a conclusion out of that. So clearly the, the people in the public um, had some different priorities that they were looking at and, and not all of those were voiced. So it's a good opportunity for people, you know, send that information to us because we can ask, we can ask the question on the podcast. We can get people, you know, hopefully we can reach people to have conversations about those topics. If it's something that you're really interested in or is the thing that might sway your vote one direction or another, let us know. So that we can get that information out and we can ask that question to the public and maybe it can have um, – we can have a, a public conversation about that and have it be an impactful thing in the election as opposed to it happening and nobody knowing why. I think the, I think the, that's an important thing for us to do. We will we will continue, Jason, to you and I kind of poke our heads in and, and force ourselves to be a part of the process. And so, so – Contact us through Facebook. It's linked to Lee Summit on Facebook, at LS Town Hall on Twitter. You can email me, Nick, at link to Lee Summit. Let us know. What are, what are those top issues? You can also email me at Nick at link to Lee Summit.com. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give Jason an email address. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not warranted. I don't warrant it. Only the paid employees get those. Right, right. But, but I think, you know, I always want to hear from people. But, but I think on, on this in particular, I, I really want to know. I just – I have this – this feeling that maybe we're missing things and that there are other important issues out there and i and i think i think equity and and, and achievement gaps are are vital and they are something that we should be focused on and let's continue to dig in there and have that conversation uncomfortable conversations are good that's that's how you move forward but i just have this feeling that maybe we're missing a few other things too because we're so focused on one thing that's right. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. Um, make sure that you do all the liking and the following and the sharing and subscribing to our podcast. Um, send it out to your friends. Let them know there is no sharper and more incisive commentary on Lee Summit local issues than Lee Summit Town Hall. And you can podcast. catch Lee Summit Town Hall every Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday and, and Friday. Friday. And this week, Jason, on Friday, got a fantastic show. Our Friday conversation this week is with Julie Doan and Beverly Shuck, daughters of the now late former publisher and owner of the Summit Journal, Farrell Shuck. They will be serving, the family will be serving as the Grand Marshal for the Emerald Isle Parade. So it's, for me as a former journal editor, this is kind of a cool thing. I like I like doing this for, for Farrell and his family, but it's also a great way for us at downtown to, to, to honor a community icon. Absolutely. All right, that'll wrap us up. We will talk to everyone on Friday. Hey, Jason. Nick. I am not as round as I used to be. You are. Actually, I want to say this for the, for the record here. I have noticed. Gosh, thanks, man. You know what? I hit 215. I started on January 1st, 237 pounds. Wait, let me do the math. That's 22 pounds. Yeah. You've lost weight, my friend. I have. And That's it's nearly good. 10%. And it's because of our friends at Shred. Shred. So, look, 
you've made fun of me and my arm injury. I, I'm not working out yet. Do a little, little bike riding every once in a while. My physical therapy. So all I'm doing, meal planning. They've helped me with my meals, my meal prep. 22 pounds. Does your meal planning include like a lot of cheeseburgers? No, I, actually, the cheeseburgers have been thrown away. I, I I missed that. I'm not sure I'm gonna buy in if I can't have. Well, actually, I don't even eat that much cheeseburgers. Look, but here's the thing. Here's the thing I like is is Ryan Waters and his crew at Shred. It's really all about helping you make make good choices and change your lifestyle to change that way. It's it's not as intimidating as it seems. If you're like me and you're not look look, I'm saying Ryan I, is pretty intimidating. He is. But, you know, look, I haven't been in a gym since the 90s, really, right? Mm -hmm. So I go by there. I see Ryan. I see his buddies that work there. I see the people that go in and out there. It was intimidating. Why would I want to do that? You go meet them. They're supportive. It's about a lifestyle change. And they help you do what you need to do. 22 pounds later. 22 pounds later. So thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Shred. Everybody else, go down there and see him. Tell him Jason. Thank you.